Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and we have been talking about asking the question, actually, can I really be content? Can I really be content? And I know it's been a challenge for me often in seasons of my life, and maybe if you're honest today, that's where you're at. Um, You know, Greg, I'm just not really content. And life's just not kind of going the way that uh, I expected it to. And, you know, Greg, to be honest, I'm not really where uh, I thought I would be in life right now. Uh, Probably not where I should be. And uh, maybe not where I thought I could be if I made some better decisions. Friends, I got great news for you today. God loves you exactly where you are right now in this specific time on this specific day in your life. God's not asking you to do more for him. He loves you right where you are. And so coulda, woulda, shoulda, that can exhaust you mentally and emotionally. So I want to encourage you today, and that's why I'm talking this week about can I really be content? And I really do believe that we can, but we have have to have the mindset of, of Paul. And he said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, if I've learned to be content with whatever I have, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty one. With plenty or little in my life, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe you want to write that passage of Scripture down on a post-it note and put it in several places where you can see it, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And I've been sharing this week uh, four things that, like Paul, we can learn to be content in our lives. The first one we talked about earlier this week, it all starts with your daily mindset choice. It all starts with your daily mindset choice. Secondly, I want to talk about stop playing the compare game. I know I've gone from teaching, preaching, to meddling, right? (laughs) But you know what, friends? Oh, I've let the enemy steal way too much of my joy and keep me from being content by playing that compare game. Oh, I can play the compare game as good as anybody. A lot of times, holidays, families play the game Monopoly. And oh, my goodness, well, the compare game is one that uh, I, I know all too well. So I speak from personal experience, but if we want to be content, I've learned that we got to stop playing the compare game. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 says, Godliness with content is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Such good wisdom in that. Theodore Roosevelt, former president, said, Comparison is the thief of joy. Say that one more time. Comparison is the thief of joy. Rachel Cruz, uh, you may have heard her before here on WJMM 99.1 FM, the daughter of Dave Ramsey, uh, has written several books. She says, it's almost impossible to be satisfied in your own life if you're constantly looking at what someone else has. Ouch. It's so good. I'm sure it again. It's almost impossible to be satisfied in your own life if you're constantly looking at what somebody else has. That is so true, friends. So I want to encourage you today, if you want to be content in your life, like Paul, stop playing the compare game. A third thing, if we want to be content in our life, be like Paul, is we need to be generous with your words to others 
and to yourself. I've shared this before, but feel like I need to share it again. Uh, number one thing that I've seen in my 20 years of ministry is that people are harder on themselves than God is. Friends, quit, quit being so hard on yourself. If you have sinned and made a mistake, ask God for forgiveness. Repent, which means turn around and go the other way. Maybe have some accountability, put some measures in place to keep you from possibly to returning to that sin. But if you've got, sincerely asked God for forgiveness and you've repented and you've walked away, uh, quit hitting the rewind button. It says in Psalms, as far as the east is to the west, God remembers our sins no more after we ask for forgiveness. But unfortunately, the enemy a lot of times encourages us and we keep hitting the rewind button and replaying that failure, that heartache, that disappointment over and over again, friends. And I want to encourage you today to forgive yourself. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, For now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and stand on that promise today. Yes, there can be conviction, but not condemnation, friends. And our words are so, so powerful, um, both to ourselves and others. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. James chapter 3, verse 9 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Friends, I want to remind you, when you hate somebody else, that uh, Bible just says there in James 3, 9, that we've all been made in God's likeness. We're hating something that God created. And we remind you, the Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And the thing that I shared about a couple of weeks ago, one of my least favorite Bible verses, because it really challenges me to grow, is the one that says, bless those and pray for those who persecute you. Ouch. But friends, as followers of Jesus, God calls us to a higher standard. Danielle Burnock says, words are containers of power that create action. They build up or they tear down. Words have power to bring life or death physically, emotionally, and spiritually. This isn't magical. It's a matter of cause and effect. That is so powerful. She says, you know, your words build up or they tear down. So I want to ask you today, are your words building up people or are they tearing people down? And unfortunately, I know a lot of Christians, and I've been guilty of getting there at times in my life, uh, we can get a critical spirit. We can start to get negative and um, just really not look for the good in people, but look in the bad things that they do, the wrong things they do, instead of focusing on a lot of the good, focusing maybe on the one area that they're struggling in or challenging in or don't do as well as we do. And we kind of get out our measuring stick and uh, we kind of try to play God. I want to encourage your friend today, use your words to build up people, not to tear them down. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4 says, A soothing tongue Speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life. But a per perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, it actually crushes the spirit. It's Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Such a powerful verse. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, the next chapter says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Yeah, I love the song that Clay uh, Coburn introduced me to and played at our church, Gardenside Christian Church, recently. Uh, there's honey in the rock. Oh, my goodness, friends. There is honey in the rock uh, based out of a passage in the Bible. But, man, our, our words, when they're kind, they're like honey. They're sweet to the soul and they're healthy for the body. So 
Just realize today, friends, that your kind word to somebody could be oxygen to somebody else's soul. And we all could use a kind word, an uplifting word, and let your words be honey and sweet to somebody's heart and mind and spirit today. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Oh, friends, that, that just needs to be so true of our words today. And just uh, let's let our words in our mouth honor God and glorify God. So we've talked about if I want to be content, uh, be like Paul, number one, it all starts with your daily mindset choice. Two, we've got to stop playing the compare game. Three, be generous with your words to others and yourself. And last but not least, choose a daily attitude of gratitude. I know you're like, Greg, come on, man, we're done with Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, but friends, I'm, I'm sure you're like me. I need to be reminded all throughout the year that I need to have an attitude of gratitude. And that Thanksgiving is not just a holiday, a one-day-a-year thing. Thanksgiving as followers of Jesus should be a lifestyle for us because we have so much to be thankful for. Most of all, that God loved us, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that we're going to celebrate this Christmas season here. But I love what John Ortberg says. He wrote a book a few years ago called When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. Orberg says, gratitude is not something we give to God because he wants to make sure we know how much trouble he went to over us. Gratitude is a gift God gives us and enables us to be blessed by all his other gifts the way our taste buds enable us to enjoy the gift of food. Without gratitude, our lives degenerate into envy, dissatisfaction, and complaints, taking what we have for granted and always wanting more. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to be peace, peaceful and be thankful. Say that again. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and to be thankful. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, I read that verse several years ago, and I just was kind of convicted, not condemned, but convicted that, you know, God must get tired sometimes of just listening about all my wants, all the things that I pray and ask for help in, and uh, just uh, wonder, he's like, Greg, are you ever going to thank me for all those other prayers that I've answered? Uh, how about that? Uh, I'm glad to hear your petitions, but how about thanking me and praising me uh, every once in a while just for all that I have answered, uh, those many, many prayers that I've answered over your life? And maybe somebody listening, that's where you're at. Uh, it's all right to ask God for things, but maybe we, you need to do what Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says uh, that convicted me several years ago. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Dave Bednar says, a grateful person is rich in contentment. Mm, that's so good. A grateful person is rich in contentment. I'm not sure who said this quote, but uh, saw it recently, really spoke to me. It says, contentment always eludes those who don't count themselves blessed for what they already have. 
Contentment always eludes those who don't count themselves blessed for what they already have. It's been my honor over the past uh, year since COVID, uh, the Lighthouse Ministries, I go and speak at lunch at least once a month, usually twice a month, share a brief devotional before they serve uh, a hot meal to those that are less fortunate. Many are homeless and always a minimum of 60 or so. And uh, when I went recently a couple weeks ago, there was over a hundred and uh, many of those people are just trying to survive. And um, it just makes me so appreciative and, and teaches me to be content where I'm at and not to compare to others. Like I talked about early and to count myself blessed for the many, many blessings that God has bestowed upon me. And maybe that's something you want to do in 2023. You say, you know what? I'm going to volunteer at Lighthouse Ministries or some other ministry uh, to help people that are a lot less fortunate than me. Well, I'll close today that I want to challenge you today to focus on things that will last forever. And that's simply two things. Number one, the Word of God. First Peter chapter 1, verses 24 through 25 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And the second thing that will last forever is people, um, especially if you're followers of Jesus. And friends, we want to take as many people to heaven with us as possible. And so I want to remind you that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, that God created them, male and female. He made them in his own image. And so, friends, uh, we need to love one another. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus and show this world, especially this Christmas season, how much God loves them and that Emmanuel God is with us. And I close with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 today. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Want to get in the Christmas spirit? Come visit the O oh, Come Let Us Adore Him Nativity Displays at the Gardenside Christian Church on December 8th and 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. and Saturday 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. See over 100 nativity sets from all over the world as we prepare our heart for the arrival of our Savior Jesus this Christmas. There will be Christmas music each night, including a special Christmas concert on Friday at 7 p.m. by Grace Times 4. Hope to see you at Gardenside Christian Church in Lexington on December 8th through the 10th.